0: What happened to your foot? I I didn't see the story.
1: Um, I attempted to plug in a power bar mm-hmm. into my foot. Mm. Okay. It uh, it did not work. I I can't imagine it, it did. So oh.
0: so the outlet went into your foot. Is that what
1: the plug? The yeah, The pl- plug. Yeah. Did you say uh, the butt plug? That's what it sounded like he said.
0: <laughs> Mistakenly <laughs> said butt plug, yes. That's a Freudian slip, if I've ever heard <laughs> of one. Uh,
1: Freudian slip. When you say one thing and you mean your mother. Yeah. <laughs> so for our cold open tonight, we are talking of a very positive thing that is happening in the world of film in 1968. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of the dreaded Hays Code. Ba, ba, yeah. ba, ba, ba. Take your pants off. Yeah. Have interracial kisses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not that a lot of people do that anyway. That's Still fair. But but now they can. Yeah. A uh, G- Green Knight had a lot of them. Yeah. Ooh. And that film is incredible. Do that, that movie is so good. Oh, it's so good. Zach, see that movie. Dude, I do not see that movie. Uh so uh, the Hayes Code, aka the Motion Picture Production Code, which started in 1927, uh, right as we start this podcast, is gone. It's done. We have yes. shipped it out the door, and we will never see it again. Uh. So, uh, we, we've talked a lot about it, but we've never really gone into detail on what it is, and I thought I would read a little bit of Of the production code, if you wouldn't mind. It says, so in resolution passed on June 29th, 1927, the motion picture producers and distributors of America codified a list of don'ts and be carefuls (laughs) into what they colloquially, I can never say that word properly, called their Magna Carta. Ew. Many of these would later become key points of the code, specifically the MPPDA resolved that those which are included in the following list shall not appear in pictures produced by members of this association, irrespective of the manner in which they are treated. Number one pointed profanity. Uh, hey, Hey Paul. Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> God damn you. Uh, <laughs> by either title or lip. This includes the words, God, Lord, Jesus, christ unless they be used reverently in connection with proper religious ceremonies <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> hell sob damn god and they've spelled god g-a-w-d okay wait hold on <laughs> In Is it actually sob or son of a bitch it says sob here on this list i wonder if they actually weren't even allowed to say sob <laughs> and then and every other profane and vulgar expression however it may be spelled Hmm. interesting any licentious or suggestive nudity in fact or in silhouette and any lecherous or licentious notice thereof by other characters in the picture the illegal traffic in drugs any inference of sex perversion (laughs) white slavery because you know those Irish slaves (laughs) that everybody everybody (laughs) loves so much (laughs) uh miscegenation of course which is uh mixed race relationships mm-hmm. sex hygiene and venereal
0: diseases
1: <laughs> yeah if you're gonna do it you do it dirty
0: <laughs> no yeah, do baby
1: so.
0: uh, don't wash
1: your dick scenes of actual childbirth in fact or silhouette <laughs> that's when i actually read up on that didn't go in a movie because mm-hmm. that's the one thing that was stopped in Gone with the wind (laughs) of all the things um I believe it was I love Lucy they couldn't even say the word pregnant pregert preg (laughs) pregnant pregante (laughs) (laughs) gotta
0: dance around it
1: uh children's sex organs so I guess there's one positive in this
0: god should have been drinking at that moment (laughs) sorry
1: uh ridicule of the clergy (laughs) and willful offense to any nation race or creed uh hmm. okay oh oh, you know what because initially they weren't allowed to make anti-nazi movies (laughs) dead serious yeah oh man i mean just look at a life of emil zola yeah so There's a whole uh, bunch of other stuff here, but that's that's kind of the main gist of things we couldn't get into.
0: The Hays Code uh stamp it's, it was a stamp of approval, but it didn't necessarily block release entirely, right? I mean it did it didn't right. block it, some wide release and, and it's
1: without the Hays Code, it's kind of what like nc C seventeen rating is these days, uh, where where you're probably just not gonna get shown in places that yeah are trying to you know yeah be family friendly so you don't want to put something on that a child could sneak into with the haze code stamp you know children you could drop your children off as i have discussed many times just at the movies and let them watch everything for five hours
0: have a good day billy
1: yep exactly so a haze code stamp just pretty much says hey look we're 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 officially certified we've we've it's kind of like the old comics code, too. Hmm. Like it's officially certified. Your children can watch this just fine. Okay. But yeah, you're probably just not going to get carried by a lot of theaters. There's probably going to be some, some smaller theaters that'll carry your film. Yeah. But it's over. It's over. It is, it is no more. 1968, it is officially done with, and we adopt... The rating system.
0: So when I as I was thinking about the Hayes Code, you know, there was a lot of things that obviously we talked about the no mixed race couples and kissing and, and stuff like that. It, and if there were it was by, you know, blackface, brown face and things like that. And and that is obviously one of the worst legacies of the Hayes Code. Right. Not only in terms of movies but just like socially and culturally for mankind paul you talked a lot about like haze code queer coding where you're not allowed to say oh these person these people are homosexuals or
1: which which would have gone under quote sex perversion end yeah. quote
0: i think one of the worst offenses it wasn't a um best picture winner but in cat on a hot tin roof it dances around the whole point of um the main character you know because tennessee williams was a closeted homosexual for a lot of years. And he wrote this to kind of be very personal to him. And the way the Hayes code made it change, made him hate the movie. And, mm-hmm. um, and here I have to dive into the sex perversion for a minute. I, I just, not that they necessarily would have, but the fact that we'll never have topless scenes from Rita Hayworth, Deborah Kerr, or Elizabeth Taylor, you know, <laughs> There's no lesbian orgy in Cleopatra. Imagine that movie with that scene. Right. Um. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. And then we get things like The Good Earth, where it's a film about Asian culture, and it's supposed to have Asian leads, <laughs> but they wanted to, to cast Paul Mooney as an Asian man. Yeah. So, of course, the Asian actresses of, of the time didn't get to be part of like, essentially the the lead of this film, because the studio wanted a white man to play an Asian man, yeah, so then of course they have to cast a white woman <laughs> just ridiculous
0: yeah two two things that maybe the the Hayes code kind of helped with were creative ways around it, and i I know they like they talk about the scene um and it happened one night with the whole walls of Jericho and everything that that yeah was an ingenious way of kind of thumbing your nose at the haze Code, but you get classic dialogue, classic scene out of it. Yep. And that's and, why
1: also uh, in Gone with the Wind, they did the silhouette of the uh, childbirth instead of actually showing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it It's definitely nice to be rid of it. Yeah. We're going to start getting a lot more a lot more in-depth and interesting films from here on out sweet yeah that's all i had
0: to say just you know a few things about it and
1: yeah. well i think it's time that we discuss a movie that just says fuck you to the haze code <laughs> that's right <laughs> let's talk about that movie <laughs> let's talk about that movie Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worstie Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week? Zach.
0: We are watching Oliver, a gritty musical adaptation of the Charles Dixon classic uh, following Oliver Twist and his street gang of pickpockets.
1: Is this everybody's first time seeing this film
0: in its entirety? Yes. <laughs> in its entirety, yes.
1: No for me. So, so do either of you want to talk about how <laughs> you've watched pieces of it, or is that just not interesting? When it's on TV for like a moment or something like that, I'll go. No, oh, what's this <laughs> Oliver Twist? Eh.
0: Watch it for a minute, move on. I I've seen scenes, uh, d- different musical numbers and things, but.
1: I watched this in my eighth grade drama class, the first drama class I ever took. And we watched it. And then the next year I go to high school and the first musical I ever worked on was Oliver. It's Awesome. Now I got, I got cast as a freshman as Bill Sykes. Look at you. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm probably going to, recall some memories on this play that possibly throughout this episode so i apologize to everyone Uh, i'm interested so so i had watched this version in eighth grade and i i fell in love with it i think it's a a fun film so when they announced we were doing it i wanted to be fagin i wasn't thinking about the uh, the fact at the time that i was a freshman i probably wasn't going to be fagin i had no idea i was going to be cast as bill sykes And I didn't want to be cast as Bill Sykes because in this movie, Bill Sykes doesn't sing. Yeah. So I see my name on the cast list as Bill Sykes and I am depressed. (laughs) Like, yeah, I mean, it's a cool role and I get to be cool and intimidating, but I don't get to sing. And I get to my first rehearsal and they hand me the script and I'm thumbing through it. Lo and behold, Bill Sykes has a song. Yeah. And it is the greatest villain
0: song I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. It is, is... the one you sent in the, the chat? I haven't listened to it yet. I'll listen to it as soon as we're done here. Oh, yeah. And that,
1: that version that I sent to you was from the 2009 West End Company with Rowan Atkinson as Fagin. Oh. And oh. Burn Gorman as Bill Sykes. So that's Burn Gorman from Torchwood playing Bill Sykes. And it's a really good version of that song. So anyway, so so that that's my tale on on that for now. Uh, this musical is near and dear to my heart. I, whenever I record this podcast, sitting right there on my wall is the poster from the 1999 production of Woodside High School's Oliver. Very nice. All right, let's do an Oscar breakdown. breakdown! It is a crisp. April 14th, 1969. Nice. Guess where we're not coming out of New York? Santa Monica.
0: We're not coming Uh, out of the... We're not coming out of New York either.
1: Also also not New York. You're
0: correct. (laughs) (laughs) Are we not coming out of the uh, Santa Monica Civic Auditorium?
1: No longer the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium. We are at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles, California. Dorothy Chandler. Uh, I don't believe I said who the host was last week. I'm sure this is going to shock everyone. It was Bob (gasps) Pope or last week, two weeks ago, however that went. Yeah, I listened to the episode and I don't think I said that. And I want to cover that because there is no host tonight.
0: No host. What?
1: You know, and this is the first time there hasn't been a host in 20 years. Any particular reason why? Uh, I couldn't find anything that said why. Bob Hope was busy. Yeah, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) Oh, uh, and Oliver, with an exclamation point, is the most nominated film of the night at 11, Mm -hmm. and Oliver is the most awarded film of the night at 5. Nice. Uh, So it wins Best Picture, of course, over Funny Girl, The Lion in Winter, Rachel, Rachel, with paul newman producing Mm -hmm. and uh franco zeffirelli's romeo and juliet carol reed who zach just posted was uh the director of his favorite film he discovered while doing the podcast the third man Mm -hmm. wins best director for oliver and he beats out stanley kubrick for 2001 a space odyssey because fuck stanley kubrick uh Best actor goes to Cliff Robertson, who most of you may know best as Uncle Ben from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. Uh, for oh. Charlie, which is an adaptation of the novel *Flowers for Algernon*. Oh, that's my favorite book. Which was the <laughs> which was a play adaptation that I did right before we did *Oliver*.
0: Caitlin was in a in a adaptation of that at Menschville. Oh, nice! Nice.
1: I played one of the bakers that bully Charlie. She so played... I was just playing all sorts of douchebags. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, two films from or yeah, two uh film adaptations of plays from my freshman year that have won three of the the top Academy Awards on this night.
0: Nice. Very nice.
1: Best actress for the first and only time in the history of the Academy Awards <laughs> ends in a tie. Woo! Wow, Catherine Hepburn winning her second Oscar in two years, wins for *The Lion in Winter*, and for her first film role, a young Barbara Streisand wins for *Funny Girl*, and it is a very deserved one. Actually, both of
0: them. Yeah,
1: at least what I've watched of *Lion in Winter*, but I'll get to that. Yeah, uh, best supporting actor goes to Jack Albertson to for the subject was *Roses*. I have skipped over that Ron Moody playing Fagin uh, lost to Cliff Robertson for Best Actor, and Jack Wild playing the Archful Dodger loses to Jack Albertson for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, also, Gene Wilder loses for the producers.
0: That's sad. That is Jack sad. Jack Wild and Wilder.
1: Hmm. Well, lots of Jacks. Well, lots of Wild. Uh Ruth Gordon wins best supporting actress for Rosemary's Baby. Mel Brooks wins best story and screenplay written directly for the screen for the producers.
0: Yes. Woohoo.
1: On his way to his EGOT. God, what a good film. <laughs> Baby. I'm hmm. wet. I'm hysterical and I'm wet. <laughs> <laughs> uh Best screenplay based on material from another medium goes to The Lion of Winter, beating out Oliver and Neil Simon for The Odd Couple. A play I, I have not done.
0: Remedy but that.
1: You, but you know who was in a production of The Odd Couple? And I just want to bring him up because he's our, our biggest fan. Of one Mr. Greg O'Neill.
0: Yay! Nice!
1: <laughs> Go Greg! Unfortunately, he had done it before I had moved to the area, and I did not get to see it. Uh, Best documentary feature goes to Journey Into Self. Uh, Young Americans was announced as the documentary feature winner on May 7th, 1969. The film was disqualified when it was discovered that it had premiered in October 1967. Thus, making it ineligible for a 1968 award. *Journey into Self*, the first runner-up, was awarded the Oscar the following day.
0: Oh, those sneaky young Americans!
1: Young American, young American, they were the young, young
0: American. American. Uh, I'm best documentary. is that.
1: <laughs> what? I'm glad I got to witness that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, best Documentary Short Subject goes to Why Man Creates by Saul Bass, who uh, was the legendary credits creator and poster artist. Oh. Best Live Action Short Subject goes to Robert Kennedy Remembered, and Best Short Subject Cartoons brings us to our former podcast within a podcast, (laughs) Walt Disney Oscar watch. (laughs) It's back! Oh my God! Return from the dead! Winnie Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day earns Walt Disney his 22nd and final Academy Award posthumously. It was the last short film that he worked on in his lifetime and died before it finished production.
0: Oh, the. That is such a sweet one though. I remember watching that a lot growing up. Yeah, it's I one. I love Winnie the Pooh so much. I, I knew this was
1: coming <laughs> and I wanted to save it cuz I'm a jerk. No, um,
0: it's a nice surprise.
1: This is our this will actually be our final Walt Disney Oscar watch. Uh, which is good because we don't have a John Williams Oscar watch this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That's going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> piss. Or not Zach, Trav. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> now Don't Trav's going to be doubly pissed. <laughs> Don't worry, Trav. <laughs> They're coming. Uh, best original score for a motion picture, not a musical, parentheses, not a musical, in parentheses, goes to The Lion and Winter, beating out Jerry Goldsmith for The Planet of the Apes. Mm. Uh, best score of a musical picture, original or adaptation, goes to Oliver for johnny green uh beating out finian's rainbow which of course is the francis ford coppola musical also yeah. i've never seen it but there's a film in here called star <laughs> the year of exclamation points indeed it is you mean uh the uncle of Nicolas cage francis ford coppola oh yeah oh, oh yes i'm sorry we we yeah. we we need to start correcting this because this is going to matter really soon yeah Indeed, Nicholas Cage's uncle, Francis Ford Coppola. Thank you. Thank you
0: very much, Jonathan. Keeping us on the straight and narrow. That's right.
1: Um, Best song original for the picture goes to "The Windmills of Your Mind" from the Thomas Crown Affair, beating out "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang" from "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang." Bullshit. "Funny Girl" from "Funny Girl," and "Star" from "Star." <laughs> Oh, and For the Love of Ivy from For the Love of Ivy. (laughs) I was pointing out all the other ones because they're all the title songs.
0: Wow. The only one that wins is the one that isn't. Yeah. (laughs) Incredible.
1: Um, Best sound goes to Oliver. Oh, I'm going to have a fight about that one in a minute. Okay. Beating out uh, Star. (laughs) Because I just want to keep bringing it up. Yeah. Uh, Best foreign language film goes to War and Peace from the USSR. Best costume design goes to Romeo and Juliet, beating out Oliver. And Star! It beat Planet of the Apes for best costume design. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with that one. I'm not. They don't have a makeup, right? Yeah. All right. Best art direction goes to Oliver. I'm going to stop pointing out Star, because... I feel like it's run its course now. Uh, best Cinematography goes to Romeo and Juliet, beating out Oliver. Best Film Editing goes to Bullet, beating out Oliver. And Best Special Visual Effects goes to 2001, A Space Odyssey, giving Stanley Kubrick his one and only Oscar. Was he fun, the Stanley only Kubrick. person nominated for that? Ice Station Zebra yeah. loses. Uh, Gene Herschelt, Humanitarian Award, goes to Martha Ray. Honorary Awards go to John Chambers for uh outstanding makeup achievement for Planet of the Apes. There you go, Jonathan. Okay, okay, okay. And Diane Carroll uh gets one for outstanding choreography achievement for Oliver, technically bringing up Oliver's um, award count to six. Diane Carroll actually presented. Oh oh it's at Ona award. White. Yes. Sorry, her for outstanding choreography i got it right on the first one i don't you know did. why i that's fucked why. it up on the second one <laughs> so i'm sorry Anna white uh you did a wonderful job and that's my oscar breakdown let's talk about oliver let's talk about oliver all right i had a problem watching this movie was it that you were too happy all of the time it was not oh I could not find a decent file for subtitles in this movie. Okay. And I could not understand 90% of the singing in this movie. My brain was not just catching what was being thrown at me and it was a lot of the movie and it's it's not i don't know if it's the film fault if it's the adhd thing where it's like you know when you sit there and talk to a person and you have to hear it you have to what them all bunch of times but i just especially when oliver was singing just could not understand a fucking word anybody was saying you did you didn't like uh music supervisor johnny green daughter's voice <laughs>
0: <laughs> i wondered what was going on with that i didn't look it up but i could tell that oh
1: uh yeah apparently the the young boy playing oliver couldn't sing for good goddamn and they tried to overdub him with other boys and it just wasn't working and then johnny green got his daughter to do it nice <laughs> um other than that though i I liked the music. I liked the kind of like operatic singing that came with this movie. Um, I just... As a movie as a whole... I don't know. I just... Not a fan. This one just... eh, That's a shame. I find this film delightful. That's fine. I get it. Sort of. I don't know. This, This is...
0: Zach,
1: Zach looks like yeah. he's itching to say something. Yeah, Zach, go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, as I've said many times on our show, musicals are hit and miss for me. This one, I really like the music. I, I think the songs are all very well written and very good melodies, good structure. Um, it's very aggressive, like it's an aggressive musical. It's like the- it
1: sure <laughs> is. Yeah,
0: the, the songs come on like bam. They're in your face, and there they go. Um, and I I liked it. the The only thing I would say is I think some of the songs probably went on a little long. The movie probably could have been fifteen twenty minutes shorter at least.
1: <laughs> so, in the play, mm-hmm. there the Who Will Buy segment. Oh yeah. They bring out all the sellers, so there's like the the flower seller and the uh-huh. strawberry seller, ripe strawberries, ripe. And then the they 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 create a quartet, and the fourth one to step out in the quartet is I'm not even kidding; it's a character named the Long Song Seller. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Lionel Bart was very aware that he was writing a bunch of long songs and <laughs> just made fun of himself for. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it would have bothered me more if I didn't like the songs, but Yeah. Yeah. That that's really my only complaint. The acting was great. Uh and and we'll get into that more, I'm sure as we go. Um God. <laughs> the ending caught caught me off a little bit. I mean, it's been a long time since I've uh read Oliver Twist. And I don't mm-hmm. think I've seen the movie movie adaptation before this. I've seen some people complain that this version buries some of the social commentary a little bit and some of the story. But I'm like, there there's other adaptations. This is a musical version. You, you can go watch the straightforward adaptation if you want. Yeah,
1: I guess I could buy that some, but it's not like they don't have any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it lightens it so you can have a little more fun watching a musical about a bunch of little pickpocket orphans who are just fucking adorable.
0: Yeah, yeah. they are good. <laughs> Oh, the choreography was great, too. I, I was really oh, sure. impressed the, with the kids dancing.
1: Yeah. The, the specifically the, the two that I love was the Who Will Buy. Mm-hmm. That whole dance segment is just incredible. And the way that it keeps building and building and adding more and more is and and you don't lose focus of hardly anything. is is. Yeah. Carol Reed's goddamn master. Now is that the uh the Welcome to the Rich District song? Yes.
0: Okay. Right after the intermission.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh and then um I'll do anything when yeah. when the orphans create the uh the horse draw carriage of orphans. Oh my god, I died. <laughs> I just died.
0: Isn't there a, a commercial that's come out recently that uses food glorious food? Like probably it I um when that started playing, I was like, oh yeah, it's always lame to know something from a commercial before you see the movie, but right. (laughs) Sure.
1: It was also used, I think in ice age or ice age (laughs) two. There's something Uh, in modern media that I've seen it in because I knew this song and I'm like, wait, I've heard this before. I just cannot think about where I've heard it. Cause yeah. Yeah. I will say Ron Moody is Fagin is just fucking amazing oh incredible what a good performance christ uh i've never read oliver twist so this is like my real first diving into it um and the character fagan alone makes me go am i supposed to like this guy like he's he's a criminal and he has that whole like thing with bill sykes But the way he treats the kids makes me go, I like you, you douchebag. Yeah. Okay. So in this version, Lionel Bart wanted to make Fagin more sympathetic because while Oliver is essentially your main character, he's your main adult. He's the adult you spend the most time with. Sure. Yeah. And it would like Bill Sykes, works more as the lightning rod for all the bad things and fagin is you know he's unscrupulous but he's he's not a bad guy at heart and of course he gets the best song in the whole musical with reviewing the situation mm-hmm. which is what that song is essentially about is like i don't want to be bad i just kind of am and i i recognize my fault and i kind of want to turn over a new leaf but at the same time i'm just used to this life sure so so you kind of get the idea that he's just caught in whatever cycle has been thrust upon him essentially
0: yeah fair enough
1: but uh he's this version is also very much less anti-semitic than faggot is in the, in the book oh well, that's good
0: he, that's not good mm. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, beyond, you know, praising the 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 camera work and the choreography, like I said, and the music, I the I don't know if you were um earnestly talking like a movie that says F you to the Haze Code, or if we're talking about like the last fifteen, twenty minutes where things get pretty violent. Oh no, I was just joking. Pretty <laughs> dicey. But yeah, it kinda does. Yeah. What happens to Nancy's horrible. And uh, yeah, th- and then uh, I mean, I guess we're beyond spoiler alerts for <laughs> a piece of a book that's so old and a movie fifty years old. Um, but the body swinging into uh, at, at the end and it yeah. slams into the wall. I was like, holy <laughs> shit!
1: <laughs> that shit was pretty great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kudos, kudos to Oliver Reed for taking that on. Um, but yeah, I I just. Like I said, this is another one of those that just didn't click. And maybe it makes it like things like this makes. I I say these things like in front of my wife, like I just wasn't a fan. And she's like, you just don't like musicals. Like, no, I
0: fucking love musicals, but maybe I don't. (laughs)
1: Like, (laughs) I think you like his, I think you like a specific kind of musical.
0: Maybe. That's kind of how I am. You're,
1: yeah. You're more a modern musical guy. Yeah. You know, I, I was pretty much raised in musical theater. So this is these are the kind of like juicy song led musicals that I love. Sure. Um, and, and again, I saw this one at just a young enough age when I was getting into theater and it was introduced to me by someone that was teaching me theater. And I was like, this is a lot of fun and I enjoy this. And then I just, within the next year, I'm, I'm in a production of it. And I, I like I said, this one's just entirely too near and dear to my heart. I, I don't know if I'm objective on this film at all.
0: No, no, I, I I think um, it's one of those ones that uh, any uh, people I hear that have mentioned it, they're like, oh, I love it. And um, there's not a a lot of negative press over the years about it. Uh, So I think it's legitimately your, 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 your love for it is earnest.
1: I think my biggest problem with the movie is I feel like the titular character is really just feels like a secondary character. That's just a plot device. Sometimes I, I really, it just seems like he's there to push the story forward at specific points, which, which does kind of give you a, you know, we're while not in a first person camera way we're really seeing what he's seen through his everything's kind of like through his eyes so him seeing all these new things yeah but i just like i said for didn't see too many points to him as a character yeah he is he is kind of pure audience surrogate who gets swept from one place to the other he's not in charge of his own destiny at any point in this film when whenever he's introduced to a new thing it essentially somebody like pushing him into it yeah and and he was also kind of the most least interesting character of them all you know i'll watch a movie of just dodger the entire time oh hell yeah (laughs) i'll I'll watch that kid forever artful dodger's always been one of my favorite characters in literature
0: yeah but um a well-deserved uh supporting actor nomination there too i think
1: yeah yeah i would like to see the sequel of Fagin and dodger just getting getting into scraps and trouble all over london yeah he's the kid from hr puff and stuff oh god yeah he is <laughs> oh shit oh, oh good old Sid, Sid marty Incredible. <laughs> it's awesome. and look oh. I, I saw the picture of him in like the imdb uh, and i was like god that kid looks super familiar god damn it is jimmy <laughs> <laughs> although the picture that they have for uh was it Shani wallace mm-hmm. makes her look like david bowie nice. mm. so poor her I, oh god she oh. was so good in this movie i liked her oh man her rendition of as long as he needs me is heartbreaking i just felt forced in. And- unnecessary it was a good song but i just oh no i i, I would have it. cut that song i think, I personally. wouldn't ever because it it informs so much of their relationship like it it really gets into it, it makes like, what happens to her have a a bit more impact mm-hmm. but i just man i I think of anything i would have cut personally i think that would have been it but not me. i, not I get me. what you're saying that song breaks my heart i think she she kills it she just absolutely oh, she does like mm-hmm. that's the thing like when it comes to at least the adults in this way i think the of the singers in this guy outside of bumble jesus christ that guy's voice was phenomenal <laughs> like, yeah just, jesus <laughs> christ i'm like Dude, you are just like going around the street saying kid for sale and I am ready to buy. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think everybody's voice, like I like I said, that's why I got that more operatic feel from this movie. Because they these like seemed like very classically trained singers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you could feel it every moment of the way. I just, the kids I just couldn't understand a damn word they were saying. You should tri- you should have tried harder. I guess their their songs are delightful.
0: Fair enough. I do I do anything. It's such a sweet little song. To find a good song. copy with the subtitles and rewatch it someday.
1: I, I guess that and I had or, to watch the movie in 420p and that was rough. Yeah, it was <laughs> rough. Oh, God,
0: I I has nobody yeah.
1: remastered this to at least upscale yeah. it to 720 or something. Or for I don't know. There's
0: a Blu-ray copy out there. I I was thinking about.
1: Yeah, I might like need to pick to that mind. up because watching it in standard definitions especially on like a 70 inch tv oh man that was a <laughs> blurry mess
0: yeah and that can that can affect our you know our thoughts about a movie too because it is i watched it on my laptop so i didn't have quite as much issue with the 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 image oh but yeah if i would not watched a, it on like
1: my phone with like a smaller yeah, screen probably would have been better but it's
0: a it's a really well lit and like, you know, we talked about Carol Reed winning for directing. It, it's a it's a pretty movie.
1: It is. It is a gorgeous film, and 420 does not do it a lot of justice. No. Um, but I I pretty much already knew how I felt about this movie going in, and that did not change. Yeah. Sorry. I'm thinking about it as long as he needs me again, the song just breaks <laughs> my heart. Like this this poor abused woman who, again, is just in this cycle of abuse that she does not want to escape from, but absolutely should. Yeah. And then it ultimately leads to her death. I'm so sad. Yeah. All the time. I also spent a lot of this movie singing Sweeney Todd songs for some strange reason. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, it, <laughs> like who's going to bust out and nothing's going to harm you.
0: Those, those vibes are there. I, I, you know, I kind of got some of that Yeah. too, you know, a, hey, uh, a non-musical version of Sweeney
1: Todd was the first play I worked on in my freshman year. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I wasn't in it because I missed the auditions, but I I worked props backstage on it.
0: Well, there you go. You have any other? Uh, I know Paul. Uh, he
1: would have played. He would have shot for Beetle. Uh, the, or the, the version hmm. that we did was was different. Um, uh, like it it wasn't all the same characters, and I I couldn't really. Zach, you were asking a question.
0: I was just gonna say. That- yeah any other uh fond memories of the performance of Oliver like
1: um okay so our Oliver was the younger brother of uh we we actually got a bunch of small kids middle schoolers uh to play the orphans hmm. and our Oliver was the younger brother of a freshman uh girl who was working on the show i'm not going to say any of their names um and he was he was really good in the role he ended up going out to our high school a couple of years later and uh worked a couple other shows including uh 12 angry men he was the foreman in that uh but the most unfortunate thing happened to this young middle schooler in the middle of playing oliver puberty
0: oh Oh, no i was gonna guess i I (laughs) they had to overdub him with the director's daughter right yep that that's correct
1: uh yeah so where is love kind of sounded like uh peter brady and the brady punch (laughs) wow uh (laughs) um i made a lot of lifelong friends doing that show um like i said uh we had uh zach you you may remember these we had a awards at our school because we were we were arts and communications magnet school yeah and we had an awards show uh speaking of the odd couple called the felixes because hmm. you know we cover the oscars yeah they were the felixes That's okay. clever. i was the first freshman nominated for uh an acting felix awesome Uh, for playing bill sykes but you know it wasn't like the well was really deep so sure (laughs) i I would end up winning two felixes which uh if you ask my wife i used to keep her on the house just to (laughs) annoy her (laughs) because she got nominated like five times in the arts uh (laughs) the arts categories and never won one and i won two two years in a row (laughs) well i won one two years in a row However, that works. Yeah. I have two of them back to back, kind of like Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. With 1967. Catherine
0: 1967. Hepburn of Woodside
1: High School. Uh I I named them Phil and Forrest after Tom Hanks's Oscars, uh, Philadelphia <laughs> and Forrest Gump. Nice. terrific. <laughs> uh, Cuz in high school he was the only person I knew won back-to-back Oscars. Yeah. I know I know better now. I would have named them after Spencer Tracy oh. films. <laughs> I don't know. I, I had a good time. Me and uh, me and the girl who were playing, who was playing Nancy, had a small showman's ah uh-huh. no. Oh. Uh, come to find out that she had a boyfriend.
0: Oh no! <laughs> and he beat you with a rod or something.
1: Thankfully, no. Um, so because it was 1999, this was uh, we did the show less than a month after Columbine. Oh, geez. And so I didn't get shot as Bill Sykes because they didn't yeah. want to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, instead, the old man that ends up taking Oliver at the end beat me to death. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then everybody got on stage and sang, Columbine, friend of mine. <laughs> Uh,
1: so wow. so those are just some of the memories there's there's a lot of little things here and there but those are the yeah. big things Fair enough all right guys well do you guys have any more notes on uh oliver uh the british film institute oh yeah ranked oliver the 77th greatest british film of the 20th century
0: okay yeah. in 2017 nice so we got some uh i mean my basic wrap up uh, thought is if you like musicals, if you're a fan of musicals, especially classic, you know, musicals, definitely uh, check this one out. If you haven't seen it already. Uh, Yeah. I
1: mean, this is kind of the last, the last gasp of old Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, And it seemed like Hollywood wanted to uh, reward a big budget musical for coming through and being successful over the new Hollywood that's taking over.
0: Yeah. So like you said, it's British, but, uh, we got some, uh, national film registry titles for the year. Oh
1: yeah, 1968 is an embarrassment of riches. Ooh. So, uh, we're going to do the thing that we do whenever a British film wins, which this is going to be the last British film for a little while. So, uh, I'm going to, tell you everything that won in 1968 and it is a list All and right. you tell me which one you think got in first like earliest okay and what year you think it went in uh so we have 2001 a space odyssey bullet faces funny girl high school a documentary uh the inner world of aphasia a documentary short subject monterey pop a documentary night of the living dead Mm -hmm. uh off on a short subject experimental film once upon a time in the west planet of the apes rosemary's baby symbiopsychic taxoplasm take one (laughs) which is a documentary and why man creates an animated documentary slash short subject um there are five movies that I see as potential. I'm, I'm going to say it's as, exactly as easy as you think it is.
0: Well, my gut feeling is 2001. and
1: Bullet does have the
0: greatest car chase of all time.
1: I'm going with Night of the Living Dead. There were two answers. Zach got one of them. Okay. 2001 A Space Odyssey goes in in 1991, so it is the third class. It goes in alongside high school. Documentary. Oh. Uh, Jonathan Night of the Living Dead gets in in 1999. So, not a okay. bad spot. Not, not bad. Not bad. Respectable, respectable. Like, within the first 10 years. Yeah. Let's take that. Yeah. So, those our are our national film registries. 1968, a very good year. <laughs> good year. Indeed. Oh, uh, one note on Oliver before we get into anything else. Oliver is the only film that was rated G at the time of its release to win best picture. That's (laughs) surprising. Like other films that were rated G uh, or are now rated G before this were just, uh, were just approved by the Hayes code. So, so they weren't technically rated G. So if you see like sound of music's rated G, I think it wasn't rated G. Oliver, in 1968, Code is done. We're now in a grading, uh, rating system, and it gets the exact
0: rating of G. Oh, the dark G, I think, but that's all right.
1: Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's get into our worsty judgments here. And uh, Zach, does this movie deserve Best Picture?
0: Alright, so, uh, you know, for the next several episodes, I'm sure, um, Paul and I aren't going to have heated arguments or anything, but I have to confess to being somewhat of a simple film bro in the sense that I do love Stanley Kubrick, and I know, (laughs) I know he's an asshole, um, and I know there's a lot of problems with some of his movies, um,
1: they're only half good
0: (laughs) 2001 a space odyssey is one of my favorite movies and and i i i understand criticisms of it i get that it's really boring for a lot of people and and people like what the fuck the ending but for me it's i think it's a perfect movie and i and i know people will disagree but i think Like, as far as looking at film history, it's like where Ben-Hur took movies to another point. 2001 Space Odyssey is that next kind of leap as far as production uh, and the way movies are made. And I just watched it uh, this week in high definition. And the way that movie holds up uh, is incredible compared to like movies that come out 20 years later with the special effects and things and if if um, but I understand you know that it's not the kind of movie that necessarily wins best picture and and I'm all right with that so I would go probably more something like Planet of the Apes with The Lion in Winter as far as a movie that deserved best picture I'm also just going to mention it even though it was, because it was in the the film registry although it, I think it had a '69 American release I'm surprised that Once Upon a Time and in the West, I don't think it gets nominated this year or next year. So it's kind of a moot point as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh, That's also one of my favorites. And I think Sergio, Sergio Leone is very ignored by the Oscars for most of his career. This is correct. So anyway, that's my long way of saying, no, I don't think it deserves best picture. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it, but um, I think there are others that have lasting legacy looking back from the present anyway. So,
1: All right. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, So I've actually seen a few movies from this year. Yay. I've seen Romeo and Juliet. It's got boobies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, Yeah. But it's still not great. (laughs) It's no Romeo plus Juliet. Mm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Here's the thing Uh, when it comes to 2001, Paul actually years ago said something to me that made me go fuck you're right and this this was in reference to a different Stanley Kubrick film it but, is. Go on. <laughs> but <laughs> I have kind of always said Stanley Kubrick knows how to make a good half of a movie like his movies half of it is really good so like there you go and Paul's like yeah but a 50 is still a failing grade mm. and I say
0: fuck <laughs> you're right <laughs>
1: So, and i believe we were talking about full
0: metal we were absolutely (laughs) talking about full metal (laughs) yeah that people always talk about that being like two different movies
1: but even if you look at all the other like even clockwork orange like it's like half that movie is really good but the other half is like i'm fucking bored and this is pointless and i wanted more of that so i i just 2001 i i haven't seen it in a long time but i am one of those like yeah it's a boring fucking movie it it just is. And I'm sorry. And I'm happy that you enjoy that because somebody fucking had to. <laughs> um, but like you said, Planet of the Apes is like the fucking best uh, sci-fi fiction or sci-fi movie in that year, especially. Um, but Night of the Living Dead basically like, Started the horror thing. Like, I mean, if not started, it started zombie films. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, we're kind of in a period now after just getting zombie films slammed at us for years and years and years. What Romero did, take a
0: drink, criterion. (laughs) Perfect. Nice.
1: So, no, I can't give it to Oliver just because of like what has come out this year. It honestly, and, and this is, I think, more talking about my childhood. I don't even think Oliver is the best musical of the year. I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Bang Bang Chitty Chitty Bang Bang so, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We, we love you. you. Uh, well, I mean, it's the yeah. Sherman Brothers. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty hard to. <laughs> so yeah, I I just I can't give it to Oliver, and and it's not because it's a bad movie. It is not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. It just was not for me. But in a more objective look, I just feel like there were better movies that were made and I knew would not even come up for best picture according to the Academy, but that should have been looked at a lot better. Paul. Um, all right. So I got back into taking five mile hikes this week. Good and, uh, and yes, uh, try to find the balance now of how to watch movies work and take five mile hikes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, on top of which, I came off of a of vacation from the week before and spent most of my last weekend catching up on movies for uh, John, uh, Jonathan's birthday episode last week. Yeah. So uh, I, I tried to watch what I can this week, uh, and pretty much I got through about the first half of Lion of Winter, which was excellent, and I need to go back and finish it. I Audrey Hepburn and Peter O'Toole are just incredible uh i got to watch funny girl for the first time which is a film i really enjoyed the first act the first act of because after what is the intermission break i feel it gets a little too self-serious and is not fun to watch anymore Yeah,
0: that's when i've uh just started today but haven't finished yet so that's unfortunate about the ending
1: I you maybe you'll find something more in it than i did and it's not that it's necessarily bad, but mm. like the first act is fun and vibrant and silly, and and Barbara Streisand is just bringing it. And then the second half is just like relationship drama. Like, oh. uh, bring the first act back. Yeah, <laughs> like at least inject the silliness into the relationship drama. They didn't. Mm. So I was I was really excited to watch Funny Girl, and it just didn't pay off in the way I, I wanted uh the franco zeffirelli romeo and juliet of course is the one that every public library uh school library carries and makes you watch when you cover romeo and juliet english class yep. so i've I've seen that one <laughs> and it's romeo and juliet i mean what you gonna do <laughs> i've not seen rachel rachel at all i couldn't find a copy of it so I want to track that down because if Paul Newman's just throwing money at a movie, I'm trying to see that movie. Yeah. Uh, That being said elsewhere, battle of Algiers was nominated for some Academy awards this year. That's an incredible film. Um, And uh, as Jonathan said, planet of the apes is one of my all time favorite films, like possibly top 10, most likely top 20. Uh, I discovered the entire franchise at once in a holiday sitting where I watched all five films in one day. I was like 12. How do you make politics interesting with monkeys? <laughs> <laughs> do that! <laughs> uh, the first one is written by my literal god, Rod Serling, <laughs> who did not get an Academy Award nomination. I and did, did not, not know that. Did not win that Academy Award, which he deserved.
0: Yes, sir wow
1: it is one of the greatest twists in film history um even if you already know it it still hits really well yeah oh my god i was wrong it <laughs> was earth. all along that's always going to be in my head the whole simpsons musical is just i great. always i always think dr zayas dr, dr. zayas, zayas. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah planet of the apes is by far, one of the greatest things ever made. The producers is also one of my all time favorite films. I yeah, love that yeah. film so much, there's nothing wrong with it. It is perfect, unlike 2001 A Space Odyssey, which the last 10 to 15 minutes is just the most overrated, <laughs> uh, college film student nonsense. Like, the film's going along just fine, and then Stanley Kubrick's like, Oh, yeah, that's right, I'm a pretentious college nerd. <laughs> This is coming from one of the most pretentious people I know. That's right. I just every time I get to the ending of that film, I just want to shove Stanley Kubrick into a locker. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Good for you. <laughs> Happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I I like about ninety percent of that movie.
0: Does it better than Inception does? I think. Oh hell no!
1: Inception's so much better than two thousand one. <laughs> I understand the two thousand one pushed. Uh, Pushed special effects into a whole new realm of possibility and it looks gorgeous. And it's one of those films that when any anytime I see somebody's gonna see it in like 70 millimeter, I'm like, oh, I don't like the last 10 minutes of that film, but I would absolutely love to see that. Uh, Kubrick pushed boundaries with that film, and I understand that, and and I yeah. can't take away how influential it has been on filmmaking on faking the moon landing uh that's a joke. um i just want our listeners so i don't think no, the moon landing
0: no, was no, i mean i mean people to this day still think that he faked the moon landing because it looks so realistic
1: yeah because this was right. his audition to fake the moon landing <laughs> one of the funniest conspiracy theories <laughs> um anyway so yeah that aside fuck stanley kubrick um Bullet's good. It's a good yeah. film and I enjoy it. But Bullet's one of those films I think wouldn't get remembered if it didn't have such a great car chase. Yeah. Uh honestly, when I think about films that need to get remade, I would love to see a remake of Bullet. With Nicholas Cage. With Nicolas Cage. And <laughs> eh, he's a little too old now. I'd... Yeah. I don't even know who I'd put in there. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> That's a joke. You know, know it would just be (laughs) Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that only makes sense. It's his last name, (laughs) exactly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is great. Right. So, all that being said, based on the four out of the three and a half out of the uh, the five best picture nominees, I think this deserves best picture in that category. I don't think it's the best picture of the year. So, overall, I'm going to say no.
0: Is it oh. Planet of the Apes.
1: It's probably Planet of the Apes, but that again, that that's a I huge just, bias on my part. I no, yeah, yeah no. I, that's the same it, here. Like I'm torn between that and I. I'm just oh like... and the, the Night of the Living Dead. Holy shit! Like oh, yeah. Night of the Living Dead is so fucking good, but Night of the Living Dead's never going to win Best Picture. It's no. not that film, even in today's standards. If Night of the Living Dead came out, I don't think uh, Romero would have the clout to mount a campaign to get night of the living dead made it's and it's not even the best one in that trilogy right <laughs> <laughs> it's that good it's not even the best one of the trilogy and it's still better than 2001 a space odyssey so yes in the field no overall all
0: right yeah
1: well so we've all kind of i think it's been a while outside of like i mean this is the first like, movie that god damn it <laughs> oh!
0: all right don't Um, get drunk and sing it twice
1: (laughs) (laughs) well done sir all right um but yeah this is the first time we all agree that this is objectively a good movie but don't think it deserves best picture Hmm. um at least for this year yeah so with that being the field is too good (laughs) yeah like this is I you know what i I have a theory about uh years ending in nine in film, not at the Oscars, so I'm stoked for next year to look to see what's there um because I have not seen a year that ends in nine that's not stacked, so yeah, so with all that said, Zach, is this the worst best picture?
0: No, no, it's um. It's gonna like be. How you,
1: Christopher, walk in that almost every time. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, no, it's not. <laughs> Stab you in the face with a soldering iron.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at my list right now, and it's gonna be around the 20 spot, I think, for me. Um,
1: All
0: right. currently got in the heat of the night there, so they're somewhere around 20. All
1: right, yeah, and I'm, I'm in agreement. This is definitely not the worst, best picture. Um, I, I definitely on the upper end
0: of the middle. Yeah,
1: I'd say. Um, although we're kind of getting to the point where the middle is starting to look like bad movies. So we've just done so many. Uh, yeah, I mean, I somewhere between that 1520 area, I think is about where it's at for me. But again, I need to uh, mm-hmm. watch one mm-hmm. fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Although at this point, I might as well mm-hmm. just not keep
0: it going. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you, you got to watch it to make this complete. This project is not complete without you.
1: That's that's fair. That's fair. One day. One day. But yeah, no, it's not the not the worst best picture. Paul, what do you think? Um no. This is again, this is a film that I love. It's very near and dear to my heart. Uh and it's just a fun. It's a fun fun watch with great music. It is not the worst best picture. Uh, and currently, Zach, you're gonna actually be shocked at how much I talk this film up, and it is sitting at my number 22. All right, nice. I mean, uh, it's sitting right under wings, and it's sitting right above Marty, and um, it is definitely better than 2001 A Space Odyssey.
0: Sacrifice my child to the monolith.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're going to go ahead and call that here. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, the TikToks, and on Twitch.tv at AllTorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you?
0: You can find me on Kritiker, Zachmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-R, and TikTok at House Havoc.
1: And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, which I haven't been doing enough of in, like, the last couple months, but I'm going to get back to it eventually and letterboxd where i keep a running tally of all the films i watched i just watched jungle cruise that was delightful uh and green knight which is the greatest film that ever existed it's so good it is <laughs> it is so good I, anyway. it was the first movie in theater i saw since sonic the hedgehog it was the Second Oof. film I've seen since the theaters reopened. The other was A Quiet Place 2. Nice. Uh, which is also ranked down there. Uh, at Father of the Fear across all platforms. And Zach, what are we watching next week?
0: Next, we are watching Midnight Cowboy, which you can rent on Amazon if you have a premium subscription. Google Play, Hulu, also with premium voodoo and
1: youtube we would like to thank trav from our sister podcast leveling up with benjamin banks for producing our show we would like to thank chad ramsey for our most excellent theme song we would like to thank megan and jay bellevue for our beautiful artwork and don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at oscar Rusty pod and facebook at the oscar Also podcast so go ahead and leave us a nice five-star review let us know how much better we are than 2001 A Space Odyssey on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algae rhythm. The algae rhythm.
0: Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer, do. <laughs> for Jonathan,
1: Zach, and the Artful Dodger, who would do anything for you. I would like for you all to have a damn fine day.